All right. Welcome back, everyone. For those of you who are live, of course, and everyone who's who's listening to the recording replay, uh, I decided to put out this topic. And the reason being is because I don't really know any successful business owners who aren't great about making decisions. Everyone that I know who's successful, who's doing well, even in other areas of, uh, of life with their health, with their relationships, everything like that, <clears throat> they know how to make decisions. And what, they, what they're not doing is sitting in confusion and allowing confusion to, to run their life and allowing uh, indecision to be stagnant. And so one thing I started noticing within myself <clears throat> is every time that I, I, I sit in indecision or confusion, that muscle grows. That muscle starts to grow. It starts to expand. And therefore, it's very hard to continue to make decisions. And we're always making decisions in our business, whether it's to do with marketing, whether it's to do with pricing, whether it's to do with your, your products and services and what to do next and you know everything around niching and all the different stuff. If Well, when you're growing a business, what we're really doing is growing the skill of becoming great decision makers. So who agrees with me there? If you're, not, if you're not making decisions time in, time out, then that's what it's all about. But one thing I'd love to do here is help you understand a few things. And one of them is around the real pattern, where the real pattern that we need to recognize. And second is how to start developing the healthy habits of making informed decisions making decisions that are from your heart and doing it from an empowered place. And if you can condition that time and time and time again, what you'll find is your external results will not only start to increase, but the internal muscle, the internal side of you who can make decisions will be running the show more and more often. So you'll notice that you'll notice the results in the form of clients, in the form of your marketing, in the form of income will increase the more you start to make decisions from this place. So with that being said, I have a few slides. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, I know a lot of you do, you're not going to be able to see the slides, but you're still going to be able to follow. This is just really for the people who can see it on YouTube and obviously you guys here who are live, just so you can follow along uh, at a different depth. So I'll share my slides and, um, and we'll walk through a couple, a couple topics. Um, but I really want you to not only learn here but to take it in and see how can you apply it it's only when you can apply it that's really where it's going to make the difference and afterwards we can go around the room and you know if you have any questions i'm happy to happy to answer some questions and happy to also bring up any sort of related topics um, that you feel in your life as well so happy to do some live coaching as well at the end so let me show my very pretty slides which took me so long to do it's probably about 12 minutes, but these are the, this is my slides. Can you guys see that? Okay, great. Let me go here. All right. So this is all about overcoming confusion and uncertainty. So I want you to, before we get started to notice a, a, a part of your life whether it is in business or not, 
but a, a, a topic or a, or a decision that you've been confused about that you know you need to take. So what's something in your life to do with your, maybe your marketing, your, your, your products and services, your, your messaging, some offers, you know, delivering of your products and services, whatever it may be, what's a topic that you know there are some decisions that need to be made and you haven't been making them? Because this will really allow you to get a, a feeling around how this relates to you. And we can start to create a shift within that. So when it comes to confusion and uncertainty, this is the challenge. It's not necessarily that we're stuck in uncertainty. It's when we're in uncertainty and stuck in confusion, when we sit in not making decisions, like I said before, because that muscle grows over time. You can even try this. You can try with when you're in the shops, you know, when you're doing your groceries, when you're um, in your business and you're, you know, reaching out to people or you're doing some things in your marketing, uh, try not making some decisions for a while for like half a day or whatever it may be. Whenever you make decisions, don't do it. And, and instead of, instead of making the decision, just not do it at all. And you'll feel over time, as soon as you start to make decisions, you start doubting yourself again. And you'll, you'll start really feeling like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the right thing is to do. It grows over time. That muscle starts to develop. But obviously when we're sitting in indecision and when that muscle is growing, we're not learning, we're not growing, we're not improving. Right? That's how we, that's how we learn. We learn by taking action, no matter what data we have at that time, we take action, we take a, ste a step forward. No matter what happens, we learn, we grow from it, and we take a different step next time. None of that's happening when we're sitting in indecision. You know, from a, from a thing that we are being called to make. So, once I, like I said before, I've never met a successful business owner who wasn't great at making decisions. They just know how to make decisions. Now, sometimes it's not even making great decisions, but they're great at making decisions. Who knows the difference? They're great at moving forward. They're great at making a decision, regardless of if that decision was the quote-unquote right one. They're just great at taking an action. But everyone that I've, I've seen who consistently struggles, consistently doesn't know what to do, consistently has confusion and, you know, consistently isn't getting the level of results that they know they can is because they're simply not taking the steps forward. They're not learning, growing from it, and then taking a new action, new informed action from an improved place. Is this making sense? We haven't delved too deep into some, into some, uh, confusing things yet but here's the outcome what if you're incredible at making decisions what if you always move forward with whatever data you have given at the time and then you just make decisions question is what would be different in your life what would be different in your life what, what difference would it be for your business what difference would it mean for 
for your overall mental health. If you had that skill set of just whatever data you have available and you just make decisions. And as you do that, you learn, you grow, and you make new decisions after that. Now we all have that side of us that exists within us. We just give ourselves permission on what, when that side of us should run the show or not. So that's the key premise that we should all take in is that we all have like that side is not something that you need to go out and find. It's not a skill set you need to go out there and develop. It's a mental and emotional state in you that you have already. It just needs to be conditioned. So when has there been a time when you were in control, you made decisions, you did it from a place of confidence and you knew whatever happens next, you could handle it. If you were to think about a time in the past when that was possible, when that side of you was running the show, there are some signs there. We'll dive into it in a little bit more. But just for, for those of you who are live here, for a show of hands, do you know when there, can you recognize or remember that when there was a time when you were clearly making decisions, moving forward, doing it from a place of confidence and certainty, no matter what happens on the other side? Is there a time when you did that? Great. Now, it might not be in business. It might be with your family and kids. It might be by going on a trip and planning that trip and just, and just knowing what to do moving forward. It may be in sports, you know, with your health or whatever it is. But that's the side that exists within you. That's a, a muscle. It's a skill set. And it's a, it's a mental and emotional state that you have. So as we go on to my next pretty slide, this is the real, the real challenge. The real problem is not confusion. The real problem is the resistance to being confused. There's a difference here. It's not confusion. It's when your mind thinks you shouldn't be confused. This is very, very different. I noticed this, this is where some people get a, a little bit of a confused look on their face. So I want you to notice this. When you're sitting in a decision, let's say you have two options with something and you feel confused. What's to say you can't feel confused and just allow the confusion to be there Welcome that in without resistance, without judgment, and then make a decision. It's only when we, it's only when we resist the, the confusion, we think we shouldn't be confused. We think we should be more clear. We think we should be more confident. And then that leads to indecision. Compared to... What if you were to anticipate feeling confused? What if you were to anticipate feeling uncertain and instead you just allowed that feeling to be there and welcomed all emotions that come up along the way 
and then you make a decision. The reason why this is different is because what's actually coming up is a deeper pattern that goes beyond confusion. There's the confusion around, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Or I don't want to make the wrong decision. What that's coming from is a side of you who believes that if I make the wrong decision, something bad's going to happen. Or if I make the wrong decision, I'm going to feel something a lot worse than this confusion. So I might as well stay in confusion and non-action so that that bad thing doesn't happen. Are we following? So when you think about a decision, when you think about moving forward, when you think about some scenarios in which you're confused, my question always goes to, what does that inner child within you feel? What does that inner child fear most? What is, what is it that your mind or what is it this inner child fears most? What is it, what does this inner child fear will happen? If you make the wrong decision, what will you feel? What if you make the wrong decision and you fail or you're humiliated or you get laughed at or, uh, you know, people judge you? What if you go broke? What if you end up alone? What does your mind fear will happen if you quote unquote make the wrong decision? Therefore, this pattern comes up that says, hey, what will be better for us is if you just sit in indecision. If you don't make any decision, we can't make the wrong one. So therefore, we would rather feel this resistance. We'd rather feel this uh, confusion. We would rather feel uncertain than to feel the very thing that, that we would feel if we make the wrong decision and this thing happens. Are we following here? Can we relate this to our own lives? So this pattern comes up and this pattern was developed with a very positive intent. This is a pattern that's emerging that values safety. It values familiarity. It values comfort. And it's important to realize this pattern is not the enemy. This pattern that's coming up once again, was developed with a very, very positive intent. Some of you might not even be here if it wasn't from this pattern that was conditioned that says, hey, if we stay safe, if we stay in what's comfortable and what's familiar, you'll be okay. You'll feel enough. You'll feel loved. You'll feel worthy and enough. As long as you stay here in comfort, in safety, in what's familiar. So that's the pattern that's kicking up right now. Now that very pattern did serve you and it served you well. It allowed you to survive. You're still breathing. Congratulations. Then we get to the point where our heart's guiding us towards building a business. And all of a sudden, it's guiding you to things that are outside your comfort zone. And this in a five-year-old, this in a pattern, starts kicking and screaming. 
saying, no, if you do that, we're going to die. So what happens when you say, when you have this decision to do with your marketing or your pricing or your business or your clients, all these different things, this side freaks out. What's really happening is this side's coming to the surface because it's ready to be released. Your soul's guiding you on this path. Your heart's guiding you on this path to say, you're ready to face this fear because you're ready to heal this wound. You're ready to heal this pattern. You're ready to learn a deeper truth. You're ready to learn a deeper lesson that who and what you are is so much more than safety. Who and what you are is so much more than staying with what's familiar and what's comfortable. So let's explore that. Let's give you this guidance. Let's give you this heart's calling that's so much further outside your mind's comfort zone where you have to face this fear. And that's why feeling the confusion, welcoming it in and feeling the confusion, feeling stuck, feeling lost, feeling the uncertainty and holding it in your body is so important because you'll be healing the pattern as you feel fully. For all of you who have done the, uh, the complimentary course that I give you in the serving circle called Spirit in Business, you know all about this. In there, there's a feel to heal meditation where you feel fully. And as you feel fully, you heal these deeper wounds. If you haven't had access to that course, let me know. You need to let me know in the comments if you're here listening or message me. Um, I'll definitely uh, shoot that link to you. But is this making sense? Can you see how this goes a lot deeper than just the pattern of confusion? There's a deeper pattern. There's an internal five-year-old that's freaking out that says, no, we're going to die if we go outside our comfort zone. So therefore, let's stay in indecision. But what's deeper is also that this pattern is ready to be healed. That's why it's coming to the surface. That's why it's coming to your conscious awareness. So once you know what that child fears most about the decision, you have something to meditate on. So here's the exercise. One, think of an area where you're sitting with indecision, where you're sitting in confusion, where you know you should be making a decision and you're not. Identify that. Identify what is that decision what's that area and have that in your mind Two, allow the feelings to emerge and hold a safe space for them so just quickly we can just do this for a few minutes talking to everyone who's listening you guys on the call anyone who's listening in the on the recording if you were to feel in your body, what vibrations, sensations, what do you notice? What other emotions come up when you're feeling confused? When you're thinking about making a decision, you think, oh my God, what if I make the wrong decision? What if I make the wrong decision and this bigger fear happens? What is it that you feel in your body? So just breathe deep right now. Feel into your body. 
And what do you notice? What emotions are coming up? There might be fear. There might be guilt. There might be anger. There might be shame. What do you feel right now? And while you breathe deep, notice where you feel it. Do you feel it in your shoulders, your chest, your stomach, solar plexus, your legs? Where is it that you feel it? Just continue to breathe and welcome it in. Welcome it in fully without resistance, without judgment. And while you're feeling it, describe it in detail. Does it feel empty? Does it feel jagged? Does it feel hot? Is it moving? Is it pulsating? What is it doing? And just describe it and allow it to be there. Welcome it in fully. Continue to breathe. And I remind you, if you can describe it to me, if you can describe it to yourself, that means you're not this emotion. You're not the pattern. You're the observer. You're the observer of it. This is the difference between feeling confusion and resisting it compared to feeling confusion and welcoming it. Allow yourself to be confused. Give yourself permission to feel confused. Give yourself permission to feel uncertain. Give yourself permission to feel fear. Give yourself permission to feel doubt. Feel it in your body and hold a loving safe space for it, knowing that when you do, you're holding a loving safe space for the internal five-year-old that just wants to be seen. So step three. Once you feel a deeper inner peace or acceptance, Ask your heart a resourceful question. When I say a resourceful question, it's a question coming from resourcefulness. It can be a question coming from peace, coming from love, coming from playfulness, coming from passion or compassion. Once you feel a, a sense of, once you feel a deeper level of acceptance or peace or surrender, Ask your heart a more resourceful question. Like, what is my heart guiding me to here? Maybe there's not a dilemma. Maybe there's an abundance of answers and solutions. Or how can you approach this decision with playfulness or with fun? How can you be proud of yourself no matter what happens next? What side of you do you want to run the show? These are resourceful questions, but ask yourself a resourceful question. Ask your heart, what does it want to do next? So identify one or two questions you can ask your heart that's coming from a place of resourcefulness. Next, number four, recognize the side of you that's now running the show. It won't be the confusion anymore. It won't be the internal five-year-old. 
who's the side of you that was observing the five-year-old who was the side of you that was holding a loving safe space for the five-year-old i'll give you a bit of a i'll give you a bit of an indication of why you might be feeling different is because that five-year-old just needs to be seen and when you hold a loving safe space for it you become the parent that that five-year-old wish they had there's an internal five-year-old that was conditioned to believe if I make a wrong decision or if I don't know the answer, then I'm not enough and I'm not safe and I'm not loved. But all that five-year-old needs is unconditional love. And that's what you're able to give this five-year-old when you hold a loving safe space for it. So what is that side of you? What's that, what's that mental and emotional state that's running the show when you hold that space? Or when you ask these resourceful questions. So identify that side of you and you can even give it a name. Is it your inner warrior? Is it your inner lover? This super mum? Is it, is it the side of you that's playful? The side of you that's humorous is the side of you that's passionate. What is this side of you that's now running the show? To identify that. Number five, we want to condition that side through movement. So many people skip over this part of life. But your mentally emotional states are conditioned and strengthened through your movement. A lot of people might feel confused, can feel stuck, can feel lost, and they try to mentally get themselves out of it. They either try to mentally get themselves out of it because they are resisting it and they're trying to feel better. But you now know how to feel fully instead of trying to feel better, but also instead of just trying to shift it mentally, we forget that we're locked in patterns of, of uh, physiology of how we move and use our body. So that's why I got you to breathe deep is because when you breathe deep, it's shifting how you move and use your body. So there are, the pattern of confusion is locked in certain patterns of how you move and use your body. This is how you, how, this is your posture. It's your gestures. It's the speed at which you move. It's your voice. You know, how loud you speak, the punctuation in your voice. It's, it's, it comes down to your breathing. If you're breathing deep or shallow, there's so many different aspects to your how you move and use your body. And your mentally emotional states get locked into ways in which you move and use your body. So here's the question. With this resourceful side of you, how do you move and use your body in a way that's different from when you're confused? How do you breathe when you're confused and how do you breathe when you're more confident or when you're more certain or when you're more playful, or when you're more fun, 
What is it you do with your shoulders? What is it you do with your head? What is it you do with your posture and your gestures? These are the patterns that we would need to condition. So here's my challenge for you. Are you ready for it? Take that as a yes. Because I hear everyone that's watching this all over the world being like, yes, me, me, me. Is to set up some reminders for yourself. Your brain might not have this as top of mind throughout the day. But if you have some physical reminders, whether it's in your calendar online that are going to give you reminders or whether it's something physical in your life that you wear or that you come across that you can see in your environment, how can you set up some reminders for yourself so you know when you see that, you're going to move your body in a way that conditions a more resourceful side of you. Is making sense? As, we, as Wendy says in the comments, conscious communication with internal and intranet. What is it? What is it? Internal. Internal. The, the interface between thinky part and feely part. There you go. Internal side of your of, of yourself. Cool. So can you set up some physical reminders for yourself? Whether it's on your phone, physical reminders, things that you see constantly, and then remind yourself. On my uh, computer here, which I'm on, I have a little, uh, have a little love heart. And it's just in the corner here, so it doesn't necessarily block everything, but... I glance at that all the time and then just remind, okay, go back into your heart. I also have physical reminders around the house and around my office here and around my room to condition different sides of me, condition the sides of me that are more loving, compassionate, sides that are more playful, the sides that are more determined, right? That determination and passion is big for me as well. Also, some sides of me that can relax, can breathe every now and then. Holy crap. Can you believe it? So conditioning this side is really, really important. Now, I believe they're all the pretty slides that I have. So you guys okay if I stop sharing the slides? You got everything? Great. So let me ask some questions here. One question. What do you have that you're making that you're that you are currently sitting in indecision? Or what's a what's a takeaway, something that you learned here, something you're going to apply? so that you can start making those decisions from a place that's more resourceful. Wendy, did you have something in mind? Yes. 
Now I have um, sticky notes all over the house. However, those sticky notes have been there for a while mm -hmm. and they've now kind of become part of the furniture. So I'm no longer noticing them. Mm -hmm. so it's then the case of, okay, change something up because it's no yeah. longer a reminder. So that, that's one thing that I'm, I'm, I've been triggered to, to think about from today. But certainly the idea of the who's running the show and how they physically and emotionally show up, as well as the language patterns that they use and go, okay, so who do I need to bring into this situation? For me, Miss Balanced is the, the CEO of life. She has the overview. And un underneath her, she's not like sort of right, well, Miss Playful, you need to come in here. Uh, concentrate here comes the science that's the studious person and so yes i have different sides of me that i bring in but thank you for the reminder of yes what is the language pattern what is the physical pattern that i need to bring in at that point as well so that's mm -hmm. thank you for the reminder absolutely awesome beautiful it's a good it's a great point there because i have physical reminders as well i used to have uh something on my fridge and so every time i went to the fridge i, I would uh, i would check that out but like I said, it becomes part of the furniture and it becomes part of your, the reason why it's a reminder is because it's a pattern breaker. It breaks your pattern. And so when you see something in your environment and all of a sudden something's changed in your environment, that's where your attention goes. Right. But then after a while, it becomes part of that familiar pattern. It no longer breaks the pattern anymore. So that was, so I'm always moving that thing. I'm moving it to where now, like in the office or on a particular door or whatever it is. And I'm always chopping and changing it so that it still becomes a pattern interrupt. That's cool. Does anyone have any questions? And Marie, go for it. Um, I don't really have a question, but just a comment um, of what I've noticed when you had the last um, slide on the screen when we were going through those five points. Um, I was yawning a lot. And for me, that's energy shifting. Yeah. You know, so it started right away. And um, the image that came up for me was this gentle warrior. And then it hit me that two days ago, I just had this sudden urge to start doing yoga again and doing the warrior pose because I was feeling so very ungrounded. And it became such a powerful pose for me just to quiet anxiety, quiet my mind, and just get really grounded. And this is all coming together tonight because it's making me realize this is how I want to be more in my business and make those decisions from that space. Mm -hmm. Great. Awesome. Did you have anything in mind that you can make the decision for, that you can make the decision about as a part of your business or anything that's been on your mind? Um, yeah, programming, moving forward with programming. Cool. Mm -hmm. Great. So what do you think was being released when you were yawning? What do you think, what patterns are being released? What energy was shifting? What do you think is happening there? Um, I think what was being released was this sense of overwhelm, you know, this feeling like if I, if I add this other component to my business right now and bring this on, Am I just going to be spinning my wheel? Is it going to be worth it? Am I going to be overwhelmed? Am I not going to have quiet time? Um, and so that started to get released. And I think that's where that warrior came in because it was so grounded. So the overwhelm just kind of went away. 
and I gave everything kind of into the earth and was able to stand there um, really peacefully. Totally. Isn't that funny how we recognize that whenever there's a pattern that's coming up and we feel it fully and we feel it release, all of a sudden we start to get more guidance. We start to get more clarity. We start to know what our heart's guiding us to next. And that's, that's why I describe that when our heart's guiding us to something, it's guiding us not only towards how we can expand and how we can contribute, but simultaneously it's also guiding us to what needs to be seen and healed. And then as we see and heal that, all of a sudden our next step comes, then our next step, then our next step, then our next step. What I've been, what I've been loving um, in the community, in the serving circle here, and also in my coaching program is the people who are willing to do this work consistently take just that one next step and they know that it's their heart's calling, it's their highest excitement while also bringing up fear and uncertainty and doubt. And they know exactly what needs to happen. They're like, I just heal that. I feel, I feel it fully without resistance or judgment. I'll take this next step. And the magic starts to unfold because you're, you're following. Therefore you're following something that's so much bigger than your mind. Right. Beautiful. What else has come up? Anyone have any questions? Anyone want to share? Parul, go for it. Um, I have a question, Tyson, um, which is that, you know, on the feeling, the feelings part, um, this is something that I do get confu confused on, funny that we're talking about that, um, in personal as well as, uh, you know, like business aspects, which is that how much, um, I guess it's more on um, related to, you know, energy flows where your focus grows. So if you are, of course, like, we feel these feelings, but how much of feeling these feelings is enough? Okay, you know, it's like, like I sometimes tend to get stuck in the fact that, okay, I'm going to give myself time to feel it instead of like moving my body through yoga or something to, you know, just to shift it. And I know it'll shift it. But then the question that comes to my mind is, am I putting it away? Have I felt it completely mm -hmm. or do I know that I've felt it and released it? Great question. Do, does, has anyone else caught themselves at time having a similar question? I know, I know for me, this comes up all the time as well. And here's what I noticed. It's, it's probably coming up to about three years now that I've been um, meditating two hours a day and just sitting in silence. And so these are the key questions that I ask myself as well. It's, it's like, am I feeling fully? Mm. or am I doing it in a, as a way of avoidance? Now, here's what my mind will do, and this is what your mind will go to as well. It's saying, if I feel this fully, am I going to go into it? If yeah. I feel it fully, and I, and I, um, will, I go, will I go into it? Will it overrun me? Will it, will it, run, my, will it run the show? Because if, if I'm feeling doubt and everything like that, am I just going to go into this emotion of doubt and live in doubt my whole life? Yeah, and attract more of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And here's what I can here's here's what I realized is that when you feel an emotion fully, you're not actually embodying it. You're observing it. Right? When you feel it fully, that's why I helped everyone realize you're not the emotion. So it's not that it grows. It grow what what allows the emotion to grow is resistance to it. 
It's if you're feeling it while thinking it needs to leave or it shouldn't be there or I should be feeling something else. That's what allows the emotion to grow, right? Whether it's conscious or unconscious. So that's why most people, I'm very mindful of when people meditate or they go to spiritual practices like, um, like you know, yoga or, or mindfulness and journaling. What I really want to make sure of is that they're not using those exercises to bypass. They're not using those exercises in a form of resistance that says, oh my God, I'm feeling doubt and confusion. Let's go to my meditation. Let's go there to try to get rid of it. Mm. That's, that's resistance. And what you'll be actually resisting is the internal five-year-old that wants to be seen. So the metaphor I use all the time is the five-year-old in the park. So if you imagine a five-year-old coming to you in the park and the five-year-old's scared or the five-year-old's sad because they don't know where their parents are. If this five-year-old comes to you and is crying and they come to you for safety and you say, oh my God, go away until you feel better. Or it's wrong you're feeling this way. It's wrong you're feeling this way and you should be feeling something else. And that's what we do to our internal five-year-olds when we go to our meditations or our spiritual practices of yoga and journaling and mindfulness in order to get rid of the five-year-old. We're saying, no, it's wrong you're feeling this way. You shouldn't be feeling sad. You should be feeling something else. Come back when you feel better. But what happens if we hold a loving, safe space for that five-year-old, allow them to freak out, allow them to be sad, allow them to believe and think whatever they believe and think, and just hold a loving, safe space for them. That's what we're doing in this field to heal meditation. That's what we're doing when we're feeling fully. We're observing it. We're welcoming it. We're sending it love. And when that pattern is fully seen, that's when it does whatever it needs to. It may intensify. It may uh, decrease. It may shift in some parts. It'll, it might come back in spirals. But it'll do whatever it needs to. It's not up for you to do that. It's not up for you to decide. It's up for you to just hold it. Go for it, Wendy. Carol, if I can share with you, I have been avoiding grief for a long, long time. I've had now seven close family members die and not grieved them until this last one because I was scared of getting stuck in it. Mm. And it's not, a it's not a pleasant place to be. Mm. However, this time around, I decided, no, okay, let's, let's do the field to heal thing. And actually, the, the, what I'm finding myself doing is, is giving myself 10 minutes of, okay, the rest of the world can go hang. I've got to feel this. And I'm lying on my bed and saying, okay, whatever's coming up, I'm here to feel it. The grief, the anger, the sadness, the whole works are coming up. But you'd be surprised there's, yes, there's intensity, but it comes in waves. Mm -hmm. It comes, it builds, it dissipates. True. Now, after the 10 minutes, I say, okay, if there's anything else, it's coming up tomorrow. So I put a little time boundary on it, but anything that comes up at a, an inconvenient time, because very often if you've been resisting it, it will. It's a case of, I hear you. 
I'm coming back to you. Can we, we have an appointment at such and such a time? And you keep that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that helps you, but that's something that I've found to be particularly useful at the moment. No, that thanks, helps. Tyson. Thank you for sharing that. And also, um, thanks for addressing that, Tyson. Um, yeah, I, I do resonate with everything that you guys have said. And I think I just needed to give myself permission that it's okay to feel the same emotion like for a few days or for it to keep mm-hmm. coming up and mm-hmm. not be scared of the fact that, oh my God, it's coming up again. I haven't healed it. Because, you know, like often with stuff like anger or sadness or guilt, like if you're not able to express it in the way that you kind of want, would like to, <laughs> to somebody or for something, then um, at least with me, they do come up again and again. Mm-hmm. And um it could be in not every day, but like in a softer moment or in a triggered moment. And then I worry that, um, you know, like, okay, that hasn't been healed yet. And what have, what have I done wrong? Um, but I think by what both of you shared, um, it's more about just letting it take its space when it needs to, or, um, you know, like setting aside time to feel all that we're feeling and acknowledging it um, instead of rushing to, rushing to, you know, like uh, rushing to that place where it's, um, no, it's not good to feel these feelings. I shouldn't be feeling this and I should put it away. Totally. And, and we, we heal in spirals. We heal in a way and we heal in cycles. But what you'll notice when it's, it's all of this is, is a, a lesson and a practice in surrender. Because if you can, if you feel fully without resistance of judgment, you don't mind it coming back. Because as Wendy says, oh, there's just the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. You recognize, oh, there's just deeper sides of me that are coming up to be healed, deeper wounds that are ready to be healed. And this is all part of the healing journey so that I can go on my, uh, on my heart's path and, my, and execute my dharma because I need to heal this within me so that I can contribute at the level I want to contribute. Mm-hmm. And so the deeper level of surrender is just feeling fully, allowing it to be there. And what you realize is I'm not going into the emotion. I'm observing it. I'm not resisting the emotion so that it grows. I'm allowing it to be there. So it does whatever it needs to. It just so happens that when you surrender fully, it'll heal in its own time, whether that's two minutes, whether it's two days, whether it's 20 days, two years, 20 years. It doesn't matter and it, you don't care because you're willing to feel it anyway. We really have to shift the paradigm of I want to feel better so I want to feel fully. We're not here to feel good all the time. If so, we would. We have a variety of emotions and a variety of ways in which they come and a variety in, which, in ways in which they allow us to experience all of life. And one thing that... Uh, I'll touch upon that Wendy said also is that it's very ignorant of us to think that if we don't feel an emotion and we push it aside, that it's dealt with and that it doesn't affect us. If you feel sadness or if you feel shame or if you feel fear or if you feel doubt and you're like, oh, no, I'm going to distract myself and do this thing and not feel it, do we not think that still exists in us? Do we not still think that it's unconsciously running some decisions and actions? Totally. Right? It's still there. It's come to the con- your conscious awareness to be healed and you're like, nope, 
I'm going to push you down. I'm going to resist you and say, no, I should be feeling something else. I'm going to distract myself. I'm going to react to it. It's still there, right? So now when I wake up, I have these spirals. I have these cycles. And I, what, I learned, what I've been teaching my clients in my program is also the, the stages of a spiritual awakening and so that you know exactly where you're at uh, and you know exactly what it means. But what this will allow you to do is when you sit with this and when you feel fully, if you wake up and you feel anxiety, you see that's just as graceful as if you wake up feeling bliss. But here's what you don't do. You don't cling to the bliss and you don't try to rush the fear or the doubt or the uncertainty. You don't try and rush it. You, you completely surrender and allow and welcome and allow it to do what it needs to. Right? You don't cling to the bliss, but you also don't try to rush the dark night. You sit down and you surrender. The more you surrender, your inner healing will happen the way it needs to but you'll just feel a deeper level of peace, right? I just got off the phone call, like I said before, with Deborah, who was on here and now she left. She left us all. And I feel very, very sad and I feel very rejected. But one thing that, <laughs> one thing that we were talking about that really landed with her was the reminder that even if you build your business in a way that satisfies the ego, Let's say you get a lot of clients, you get a lot of money, but you do it in a way that's acting from a pattern. You'll feel happy and you feel joy, but it'll be very false. It'll be, from, it'll be a false joy. But what, will ha what happens if you feel your deepest fear and you heal that pattern? You feel a deep level of peace and joy and surrender and love, regardless of what happens around you. That's the true love. That's the true peace. That's the true joy. You're not, you're not feeling joy because it's something external that happened that you think that your mind thinks should happen, but you're accessing more of who and what you are, which is joy. It's not from that thing that's happened externally. It's from within because that's who and what you are. Who and what you are is love. Questions? Dawn? Yes, Tyson, I have a question. Palin, so go for it. Palin, go for say? it. What do you suggest to someone who's pretty much sitting in decisiveness uh, for the most part of her life, which is my life? Um, I just realized that, you know, the when you started showing that first light, it's just me. That's you're talking to me. And it's not just reflecting on the business side that I just couldn't decide on the program name for days. And I keep, you know, coming up with the new ones and then just, oh, I think this one's better than that one and just couldn't make the decision. But not just that, you know, I, every single day I'm facing the same dilemma. And I've been so conditioned to think that that's part of me being liberal, you know, because everybody told you that, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what liberal person do and they just cannot decide things. So, you know, from, from just buying the bed sheet to, you know, packing what's to pack inside my luggage, you know, what kind of dress that I should pack, you know, little things like this and one after another. 
Um, so I'm glad that you mentioned that this is part of the, you know, inner child issue that I never really uh, associated with that. I thought that the business side is that part. I'm totally understand, uh, understanding, you know, that that applies and I can see it right away. But just the everyday thing, little things, all those details, it, to, to be honest with you, sometimes it bothers me. I was like, why? Why would it take me two months to decide on a, uh, you know, itinerary to go somewhere? You know, if I my husband take over, it took him like a, three days yeah. to set everything. And for me to handle it, it will be two months. I can't decide on the, 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 the car to rent, the place to stay, the kind of vehicle um, to take, you know, those kind of things. So what do you suggest? I mean, I do um, meditate every day, but it doesn't seem to cure that part. Yeah, but it, there's also, you can feel the resistance in what you're saying because there's a lot of frustration in the fact that it's happened. There's a lot of frustration mm -hmm. coming up like, oh my God, I can't believe this is me, right? So there's an identity there. So the five-year-old to be running the show and five-year-old to be there, which is completely fine, right? But it's holding a loving, safe space for the five-year-olds. So it's whatever's coming up in the form of emotions and also the resistance. So it's holding a safe space for the resistance. It's holding a safe space for the side of you that regrets, you know, not being able to make decisions or the side of you that thinks it should be different. Oh, I wish I was different. I wish I was this or I wish I was that. And just holding that as well. There's, there's a lot to purge here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of purging that, that needs to happen. And so in your meditations, if you are meditating a lot, Ask yourself those questions around what is it that my mind fears? What is it that I'm in resistance to? What is it that I'm not wanting to feel? What is it that I that my mind feels I'll experience on the other side of making a wrong decision? And feel that fully. Feel it. In, you have to feel it in your body. It's not just a matter of uh, thinking, okay, I would feel this. Your soul grows by feeling it fully in your body. Your soul grows through contrast because it's only in the feeling fully and seeing it fully where you actually get to heal the wound, where you actually get to see the pattern. So these are, it, it might not be, it might not be a question of, um, of understanding this stuff. It, it'll be just going deeper and applying it and having some patience, giving yourself some grace, giving yourself some, some space, and also recognizing that it's all happening in perfect harmony. It's all happening in your in perfect synchronicity, in perfect harmony, in perfect timing. There's no rush. You don't need to try and hurry it. That's like jumping into the river and trying to push it faster. When we know that when we know we do that, we're off, we're just offering more resistance. Right? We're slowing down the process by offering resistance. By trying to make it go faster, ironically, you create more resistance and, and stop the flow. But if that happens in perfect harmony, there'll just be a lot more to feel. There'll be a lot more to feel here. There'll be a lot more release. There'll be a lot more trauma coming up, um, but that's all in perfect harmony. So that's what I would actively um, focus on in your meditations as well. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That makes sense. Pleasure. Dawn, you have a question, comment, query? Uh, I have a 
comment more so uh, when you were talking about being the observer and really just acknowledging where you are in the moment. I think that that's where so many of us get stuck because we judge those moments like you were talking about instead of just being where we are. It's like I'm judging I should do this or I should be there and why am I not doing this or why have I felt this and why am I stuck and all of these ways that we're not accepting where we are in the moment. So it's really that sense of presence and acceptance and and that is the surrender mm -hmm. where you just say I'm okay exactly where I am and I for whatever reason <laughs> for whatever reason I am where I am but all of those previous moments have led you to where you are right now and so this moment where you are right now is also leading you to that um to that version of the person that you want to become or that vision of yourself that you hold deep inside your heart and your soul. I, I feel like that vision is what propels us forward as long as we accept and allow it to move. Because like you said, the journey is not linear. <laughs> and I think we think so many times it's like, oh, I have to get from A to B. That's very, that's very like goal oriented and um, linear. And we are, none of us are linear, but I think that the society has, um, has basically like promoted this black and white linear thinking as opposed to allowing, like, if you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't just go boop. <laughs> it like has to sort of struggle out of the bud and make its way up through the dirt. And, you know, so it's a, it's a process. It's like, a, it's a process of becoming. Mm -hmm. So allowing ourselves to become and accepting where we are in any given moment. So right. this is beautiful, <clears throat> beautiful um, class, Tyson. Thank you so much. Yeah. And what you're saying, Dawn, is, is the perfect analogy. It's one that I use for myself as well, is that when you're feeling fully, and let's say you're going into more of, you know, what classically be a, a dark night where you're just feeling all these uncomfortable emotions in your body and you're feeling them fully. Imagine that imagine the process of you going in and going within and your energy is being drawn in so that you can heal. It's only when you go in that you can heal the deeper wounds. It's only that you go within that you can heal what's truly deep um, so that you can heal. And that's actually like, like what Dawn's saying, it's actually like you putting your roots in the, in the, in the ground because you can only go as high as you go deep. So you only go as high as you go deep. So you're putting, it's almost like when you go within and you heal, you're really starting to ground, putting your, your, your roots into the ground because the deeper you go, that means the higher you can go. Every tree that you see is, is the tree that's being blossomed. I guarantee it's at least that size underground uh, because it's done the inner work. And this is you doing the inner work. Your energy is being pulled in because that's what's necessary for you to heal. You can't heal deep wounds while you feel bliss and connected to source out there. That comes next, right? It's only when we're drawn in and we feel like, holy shit, I'm not connected. I don't feel connected. I don't feel my signs and my guides are not there anymore. And all of a sudden you're just going within and you're feeling this uncertainty and this, and this pain 
And that's exactly what's needed to be felt because that's exactly where your energy needs to go to heal deeply. So you can go deep inside. You can go deep in, in, in the, in the ground and spread your, spread your roots so that once that's healed, you have the freedom and the peace and the guidance to then go, to then go high, to then, to then go to the sky and to then, then you have a groundedness. You don't want to go too high if you're not grounded, right? Because it's just not sustainable. Beautiful. Go on, Perul, go on. Just one more question, Tyson. Um, but before that, I do want to say that I love what you just said, which is the deeper you go, the higher you can go. I think it's such a great way to understand how to go within and why you need to go within to actually transcend. Um, but my question is, um, you know, it's like, so let's say we're feeling our feelings and we're going really deep. And and I'm, and I'm thinking that... Um, there is an inner knowing even in that feeling where you know that you have felt it at this at a certain point um and now you you know like you're ready to shift your energy to get going mm -hmm. for the day or to get going for whatever needs to be whatever else needs to be done um so you know when we talk about shifting our energy or when like there's so many people out there talking about seven ways to keep stay in high vibe or you know like five ways to raise your vibration and stuff like that so um is it right in if i say that it's like, you know, you, you sort of like you move on from feeling what you're feeling when you know that you felt it, you're fine, you're in a good space for now. And then you go and, you know, like you put on your mu favorite music or you take action or you read something or you watch something funny to change that energy or to shift that energy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Is that like, does that question make sense? Yeah. My question would come from your intent. What's your intent? Because here, here's... Here's the question I ask myself all of the time. If I'm in full surrender, full surrender, full allowing, why would I want it to change? Hmm. Um, I guess the why I'm saying that I want it to shift is like, you know, when you some, sometimes if you're feeling really sad or you're really um, guilty about something, then mm -hmm. that's an emotion which... Um, again it's not really i don't know like will it it's it's not something you feel you associate with flow state right where you are um moving through things effortlessly but yeah. while you're in a state of joy or um you know like this is why i mean as soon as you dance or as soon as you laugh you feel your energy shift and then suddenly you're like okay i feel better now i can get things done yeah. So there, there, um, there, there comes the intent. The intent is great. The intent is, um, so the, the, way, the way I describe this is, are you trying to feel better to avoid something else? So are you trying to feel, are you trying to be like, okay, I'll feel sad. And it's like, okay, I felt it to a point where I, I know I felt it. Let's go shift something else. It, yeah. The question is, where is your intent? Are you trying to feel happy to avoid sadness? That's very different than trying to shift your state from a place of wholeness. So this is, this is the question. The question is, are you trying to shift your state from a, from a place of resistance? Are you trying to shift your mental, emotional state by saying, 
oh my God, I don't want to feel sadness anymore. Or do you, do you feel what needs to be felt for as long as it needs to be there? And therefore, when you shift your mentally emotional state, you're doing it from a place of wholeness saying, if it, even if I go dance and I just feel, and I just feel sad completely the whole time, I'm just as excited, just as grateful, just as bliss about that as if I feel happy. Mm. So you, what, what might be coming up is still forms of resistance and say, Hey, yeah, I'm willing to feel this as long as it leaves. That's what we want to be mindful of. I'm willing to feel this sadness as long as it leaves. And that's like hugging the five-year-old so they'll leave you. That's not real unconditional love, right? So that would be my question. I'm all for using dance. I love dancing. I'm all for music. I love music. I'm all for creating a different mental and emotional state as we described before. What we want to do is make sure that when we're shifting our state, we're doing it from a place of wholeness, not from a pattern of resistance. Not because you have this belief that I should be feeling better than feeling sad. And I'll give you an, under I'll give you an understanding. The serving circle, this, this community was birthed out of sadness for me. So I sat in this chair and felt sad and fear and doubt and scarcity for six hours. And it was only through that sadness where I had this insight that said, hey, if you build a community and fall in love with the art of serving, everything else take care of itself. Now, if I went one hour and said, I'm, I'm done feeling sad, I wanna feel happy again. I wanna feel more flow. I might not have never reached that. But here's what I found. You can feel flow in sadness. You can, when you're feeling sad and you give yourself permission to feel sad, like if you're watching the Titanic, the movie, one of the highest grossing movies of all time, it's a sad movie. It's a crazy sad movie. Some people go into it knowing it's sad, but why do we go there? Why do we go there? Would you... Ex I would explain that as a flow state when you're there experiencing this movie and it's just blissful and the sadness and the rawness and the, and the pain and just the, the emotions are flowing and you, you just don't have any resistance to it. That to me is flow. You're feeling authentically, you're feeling your full self. You give yourself permission to feel whole in this sad experience. It's just your mind gives yourself permission to be like, oh, you're watching a movie? Yeah, that's fine. You can feel it now. <laughs> when it comes to your own life, don't you dare feel sad. <laughs> sure. So there's a lot of peace. There's a lot of deeper levels of, um, of wholeness and oneness and unity consciousness in the sadness when we, when we deeply surrender. So that would be my question. My question is, it's cool to change state. Where is your intent? Is your intent because you think you should be feeling better? And when you feel, quote unquote, more happy, then your life's going to be better. You're able to be more flow, be more whatever. Or do you just surrender to whatever you authentically feel in that moment for as long as it needs? Who's there? Who cares if you're in sadness for 30 days? That's what Wendy might be experiencing because she hasn't been in grief for however long after seven, you know, seven family members. And now 
she's starting to realize, oh, that was in me anyway. How about we schedule some time to just be courageous and sit with it, right? And to just feel it fully, knowing that this is an experience of life that I'm, I'm destined to live. This is a side of me that I'm holding space for. Now, here's the beautiful thing. How much more space now can Wendy hold for other people? Absolutely. And the thing is, I feel as though if I'm not prepared to accept it now, it'll keep repeating and repeating. Yeah, of course. It already has. Of course. Now you, now you know that it's going to keep coming up time and time again, but it'll be a little less. There'll be a little less uh, potency to it. There'll be a lot more surrender. There'll be a lot more allowing. It'll be so much easier. And you just go on that cycle without resistance. There's just so much surrender there. You know, you can hold that grace for other people, even family members who might be on a similar pattern. Because you're, you're judging yourself less by being guilty or angry or sad, you're now, you're now not judging that, that side of them. Mm-hmm. You hold space for them. Un- just unconditional love for them because you have it for yourself. And also appreciating that loss is not just about um, the death of somebody. Every, every time we grow, something dies. Mm. And there will be those micro traumas, those micro griefs that if we don't acknowledge them and feel them, then again, they get suppressed and get magnified in the big ones. Parul, how do you feel? Um, really good. And I feel, uh, no, amazing. I think that was very insightful. And um, I feel like what you just said gave me a deeper perspective on how we need to hold space for ourselves so we can hold a very beautiful space for others, especially being in this, you know, like especially being coaches where, you know, we like, yeah, it's, it feels like it's a no brainer that how can we hold space for others until we've held that for ourselves? Um, It's almost like it just wouldn't happen and it just wouldn't, you know, like be sustainable if we don't do that for ourselves consistently. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like I've, you've just given me permission to really feel everything instead of trying to rush through anything. So that was amazing. Thank you. No worries. Give yourself permission to feel sadness or whatever for as long as it's there. doesn't matter how long because you just, you just consistently ask yourself the question, what do I need to surrender to now? What do I need to surrender to now? What do I need to hold a loving, safe space for now? What's coming up that's ready to be seen? What emotions am I avoiding? What sides of me do I not want the world to see? These are sort of deeper questions that allow us to see, okay, what's coming up? That's why I hold, that's why I meditate so much. And it's the first thing I put in my diary never changes every morning, I wake up for an hour and or whatever it may be. I just hold, just, I just sit there in silence. And the, and the more I do that, the more I'm able to hold space for other people. But if I'm judging a side of me and I'm coaching someone I'll be unconsciously judging them and I'll be trying to change them rather than just holding a space for them and allowing them to unfold the way they're meant to. Right. So if you, if you find yourself trying to change someone thinking they need, they're better off by being here or doing this or creating this change, it's time to look within yourself and say, you're talking to you, right? You're talking to that side of you that you think should be different rather than surrendering and then the shift comes by surrender rather than by force 
I'm happy to end it there. So I do have other calls. Um, but one of the things, uh, one of the things I'd love to do for you guys who are here live, um, if you want to shoot me a message with your, uh, with your name and uh, business contacts, I'd be happy to put them in the show notes for this episode so people can reach out and, and, uh, and, and contact you. And the reason being is because we want to build our network with people who are doing this work. And so happy to, if you want to shoot me a message, I'm happy to, uh, happy to put that in the show notes for everyone to reach out to you guys. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your questions and your queries and comments. Apply this, apply this and let me know how you go. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time and grace guys. Feel free to unmute if you want to say goodbye and, and give a shout out. We'll, uh, it's awesome to have you here. So thank you so much. Thanks Tyson. Love you. Love you guys. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships so together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.